Welcome, 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 everyone. This is Regenerative Soul Microscopy related talks today. We're going to be talking about careers, breakthroughs, and the future. And we're going to cover a lot of ground. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of this. A tale of two labs. So there were these two laboratories and they were given the same sample. And they were, they were soil laboratories. They were biologically oriented and they were looking just at the soil biology. And they were certified. They had a commercial, they both had commercial labs, but they came to different conclusions and gave different recommendations. Because of that, it was actually made public and they were able to go together on Zoom after this farmer revealed it and it was embarrassing for them. And they actually went on together side by side and did all the tests. And the reality was they came up with the different answers again. And it was the same sample. They did everything the same, but they still came to different conclusions, which to me screams that they were learning skills in a vacuum. And because they weren't able to do this comparison in real time with the same samples already with other people, that they didn't know that this could happen. And of course, if you had done this, you would have seen this already. So this was preventable, and th but this is also the impetus behind a lot of the things that we're gonna be talking about today. So if we want better soil, we have to become so citizen scientists because the current tests and methods are just formalized experiments. Science is always in a process of developing new experiments for deeper insights. And if we want better soil, we have to become citizen scientists in this current environment we live in. We can't follow an old formula and expect to get new insights. But wait, who am I? Well, I'm Matt Powers and I used to be a musician. I used to play with people like this. And last time I was in Texas before we moved here was South by Southwest with Billy Gibbons on that stage. And in the midst of that whole life, uh, I mean, this is 18 years ago. I met my wife and I fell in love and are we frozen? No, there we go. Um, and what happened was my, my wife got cancer and she lost her thyroid. And I was, you know, in the life, I was a professional musician, had a two-story apartment and I was also miserable. Um, and I had gotten everything that I thought I wanted and it wasn't what I wanted. And so I was, I, I, I just wasn't fed by it, uh, playing the same song for seven years, you know, and then my wife got cancer and all of it coalesced in me leaving that job. And it was a dream job and it didn't feel like, like smart, it didn't feel smart to do, but it was the, the most right thing to do for me because we moved from the East coast to the West coast. I, we started learning um, the Gerson therapy and using the Gerson therapy, which is like crazy amounts of juices and coffee enemas to stop the cancer from continuing because my wife kept getting cancer every single year. It was another thing. And um, she's a seven time cancer survivor. Uh, and one of the first ways that we dealt with cancer, and we've had lots of different ways that we've dealt with cancer throughout the the uh, the, the years, uh, but was was this. And I was the person doing it. And we did it for two years. And I kind of lost my mind a little bit because uh, the juices are like eight juices a day and it's like endless. 
And my wife at one point was like, you are stressing me out too much. You, you like, we're done. And, and <laughs> if you know the juices, you know, you understand uh, it was endless. And I was also working a full-time job at the same time. So it was a ton of work, but we were able to cleanse her enough. And she also, you know, had a lot of mercury amalgams removed and all this stuff. Um, and we were able to get through that. And this was, this was the beginning of me realizing we had to do it ourselves because the doctors, nothing that they recommended did anything but cause more cancer. And I became Mr. Powers. I, I in this time period of, of trying to, to do that all myself, I, we needed the test and I had to pay for the test. And I was only making like $70 a night and commuting, commuting all over California to play the blues circuit. And it was tough. Um, and it was permaculture that really allowed me to grow or beyond organic foods that were able to give my family the kind of food that was healing and not detrimental. And so this is a throw. So garden. And since then, I've written over 23 different books. I'm now an author an educator, an entrepreneur, a soil expert, a seed farmer and family guy. My boys have grown up um, and I focus now on creating the bridge to a regenerative future. That 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 educational component that links people to a future where they can make money, live lifestyles, and live in communities that rely upon regenerating the natural capital that we all rely upon: clean water, clean air, abundant and nutritionally dense food, all of that. And I'm in that time period. I became a, a citizen scientist too. And that was largely through the efforts of, of folks um, investing in my in my books and, and asking questions and giving me the wiggle room and breathing room to test things out and try things out. And uh, I, I, I've continued to do that throughout the years and expanding my repertoire of, of what to do. And as I've done that, things that just jumped out at me and I've just tried things that no one's ever done and no one's ever seen and 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 i've i've been able to make things happen that uh no one no one had ever done before and i and it's wild how wide open this space is because of of what we're about to talk about so um citizen science you may be like matt um are you a trained scientist and it's like eh, it's actually good that i'm not um, and, and, and here's why. Actually, I, I literally am asking PhD scientists who have been teaching for 40 years and some research scientists if I should go back and get my PhD. And they say, no, you've got more freedom and you're accomplishing more where you're at. So as a citizen scientist, um, people, you know, are prone to ask, why? Why do we need citizen scientists? Well, it's because trust. How do we trust? How do we trust these people right now? Because I don't know about you, but this is the real problem of the world that we live in. Um, we can't trust the authorities at all. And so we're in this situation where we can only trust transparency so that we can see whether someone has integrity or, or, or character or even follow through. Um, and, 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 and that's the only way that we can verify. And so this is your invitation, this talk right here, right now, to be the hero in the story, to, to get past the institutional science because it's essentially broken, okay? This 
institutional science, it sounds, you know what I mean? Like they're the the tip, they, they are the authority, they are the the leading in all this. But because of the what's mixed in to their the system that they operate within, we've got some problems. And this is why there's so much absolutism versus real science, which is not absolutist. We we have people being like, we are the authority on science, and and you've got all these people um, using science, the word science, and uh, in, in 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 complete um, correlation with authoritarian control. Um, and interpretation and that's not science at all actually science is us like trying to figure things out uh coming up with ideas trying to disprove them and seeing like the complexity layers of things be revealed as we travel further and further into our collective understanding so i don't i don't know where this this the the absolutism came from but but it's it's really there and Folks, I, I I wish I wish I I I had you know uh, a quick solution for all that. Um, I don't. Um, but I can tell you that uh, we can just ignore that and start operating in a. And this has been proven throughout history to work. If you set up alternative uh, uh, structures and then have people migrate into them. Um, those will be the adopted structures and they will form the culture. So this absolutism, we really have to kind of like pull away from uh, ourselves and establish areas that are are safe from that kind of um, dogma. Because if we want open minds, we have to be free of that kind of dogma. We have to be able to ask questions and and and, and to say at the same time, be free enough to say we don't know. That's so important, so important, because then we get to ask, well, how will we know? How will we figure that out? And then suddenly we've got experiments. Suddenly we have ideas that didn't occur to us before because in humility, because in open mind, because outside of dogma and absolutism is where real science and citizen science is. So there's some old guard effect going on right now. You've got the past trying to control the future. And as you know, uh, I've talked about before, we're in a Gutenberg moment where the internet has allowed more voices and opinions and ideas and kind of reveal the emperor wears no clothes in a variety of ways. And people are trying to clamp down who are part of the old guard. And there's also ego and pride. It's classic, right? There's there's people who are like, no, 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 this is my research. No, 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 no. I'm the the expert. Well, how is this person who, you know, is not in a university, you know, doing this and getting so much attention? Um, and the reality is, is there's an erosion of trust because um, they they are operating from this authoritarian control and fear space because they exist through these special interests that fund them. So big chem, big pharma, all of these institutions that 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 create a narrow and biased way of thinking about the world around. It's industrial, it's commercial, but it's based upon these broken paradigms because they want to reinforce the way they do things and keep the status quo. And 
to a, also a huge degree that they want to keep certain things out of like public knowledge because of their competitors. So there's like, and, and, and then like below the competitors is us, the consumers. So there's like, there's this control of information, there's ego pride, but there's also like, like there's outright manipulation and bias, um, funded bias. And it's been proven, you know, in certain parts of uh, branches of science, up to 60% of the published studies are non-replicable. Sounds a little fishy, don't you think? Yeah, it's because the environment itself, you know, they baked in all of these problems because of these special interests. So, and then, and then also they're competing with, with all the other people online. And so they create these clickbaity headlines and they create these abstracts that, you know, sound really, really good, um, but aren't true at all or are very thin. Um, but they're doing it because they're trying to, you know, get ahead in the world, try to compete, you know, uh, with the Joneses, so to speak. And it's really shallow science. And because they're just looking for anything to make a dent in the journals, anything to get in, it really warps their science. It warps their their rigor and their scientific method, methodological understanding. And really it warps their integrity and they lose their integrity. So um I, I this this is not stuff that you know I'm I'm I I you you all know this. Uh you've all seen this. And if you if you're you, you know, you probably talked about for friends, and if you haven't put a name to it, you've recognized it and felt it before. So this is why, um, and and you know, you're figuring it out. We're all figuring out this system is breaking down. So keep it up, keep communicating and forming communities because it's this these online and in-person communications about the way things really are. I mean, I grew up in the 80s and 90s where it was like Rolling Stone magazine is where I would find out about music or the local CD store or MTV. Like it was TV, print, media, and and hearsay. And that was it. And so we, we're in a completely different world. Uh, we don't, and, and in a lot of ways, we don't realize our power. And we, we, we really are sitting on the cusp of a huge change because of the power of our communication. The RSOIL database is something that I'm working on that falls right into this. We, when we work together, we transcend all the limitations that their systems create. When we use transparency, that what, what's really true comes to the surface, regardless of our bias and opinion, especially if we design it so that things are really clear, really simple. We've got good controls and we set up things like, you know, in an experiment so that um, it's very transparent and very clean and clear. And, you know, so much of these things, um, the only way through that we're going to get there is through this transparency. And it's, the way that we're going to become better scientists, we're going to become stronger as a community. The, the, the knowledge sharing and information sharing is going to make us all better. 
and it's going to create things that are self-evident. So this is something I'm working on where it's, it's holistic. It's all the different testing methodologies in one space so that we can actually see things from a 360 degree, more like, you know, all degrees, you know, through three dimensional, um, understanding of what's really going on in plants. And, and the reality is, you know, uh, the universities, their, uh, their research fields are managed by grad students, not farmers. And so you don't have um, trustworthy information coming from them, even just beginning there, right? So there's there's a lot there. That's why we need to have gardeners. We need to have farmers. We need to have people from all walks of life participating, measuring things over time to their and, and in comparison to their bioregion in the world, looking at their minerals, looking at the biology, looking at organic matter and salinity, CEC, bricks, all of these things are pieces of a larger picture. And when we bring them together, and even if you don't have all the pieces, if everyone is bringing their piece, we'll actually be able to develop correlations and then fill in the pieces with, 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 with likely um, correlations. Um, and, 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 and then, and then we, you have the ability to compare entries that are already there. So you're like, is this a fungal feeder? And then you get to compare it and then see if you're right. When you look at 40 images of the same image of the same um, type of thing, then you're going to really learn the form behind it and be able to see it. So the RSOL database is so incredibly important. And, and, and that is something that I'm currently working on. And it's going to be similar to how space is mapped by the community and similar to the Audubon Society. And microscopy uh, is really citizen science in action. And the database is going to really give us a place uh, for us to showcase that, to leverage the data as a community and make it so that um, we can in include other people. All right. So microscopy is really the linchpin in testing in general. It's uh, between different science disciplines. You've got uh, microscopy tying everything together. But it's important to remember that microscopy is perception-based. Um, and, and because of that, there's prone to errors because people are prone to error. And because it's visually based, um, we really need to correlate it with other tests and, and, and pair it with other tests to give it context. Um, and, 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 and I know that there are, there are blind spots in all the tests. So whether we're talking about the mineral tests that, that they've got, you know, blind spots or, you know, plant sap analysis, you know, that's just telling you what's in the plant and what's been uptaken by the plant that doesn't tell you what potentially is still in the soil. And so you can get the biology to unlock that from this. Like there's all these different relationships that we don't see when we just take a slice. And so it's incredibly important though, because without the context, which the microscope gives us, these things are kind of like flat in a way. Um, and that's why people went started working with plant sap analysis because the minerals were flat in a way. They, they didn't have the ability um, to differentiate. Uh, and that's why like the, the, what was being taken up what wasn't showing up that was being taken up, all those nuances only show up to the plant sap analysis. And then 
you know, um, DNA testing is also amazing, but like I said, it's flat. Everyone is identified and maybe rightly so because of horizontal gene testing. Um, but we need to diversify these tests. And uh, that's what I've been doing. I've been building microscopy tests and protocols and mapping out their ranges to create proper rubrics. Um, and it's it, it, like I said earlier as well, you know, every experiment that reliably tells us information can be formalized into a formula that is used as a formula test that becomes standardized over time. And that is what experiments are. That's what tests all are. So when we have new protocols, we have new information. All right. So I did mention the tale of two labs. This is a perfect example of why we why we really need to be able to re-examine our protocols and go deeper and pair things so that we don't get confused. And one of those things to just get even, you know, more precise, because we're here to talk about microscopy, is I noticed that with a lot of microscopy um, protocols, they don't recognize um, that there's all these different forms of fungi. So mostly they focus on the top right, which is basidiomycota, saprophytic fungi. And they're these giant fat, like usually three to four micron um, thick hyphae. And, and the reality is it's like, is yeast not fungi? You know what I mean? It's a, it's a fungus too. Um, and then, you know, bottom right, like that's a line, that's like a bit of the mycelium from lion's mane, top left, that's mycorrhizal fungi inoculated into a root. So obviously these things look very, very, very different. And it's important to recognize their difference. And, and to, to, to I mean, this is what most people are looking at. They're looking at the basidium mycota. They're seeing that it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's about three, you know, microns like thick. This is from my book, um, uh, Regenerative Soil Microscopy. This is also from my book. But you can see like the difference between it and other things in relation. This is soil, so it's, it's, it's really easy. But then when if you start thinking about if you're looking in the rhizosphere around roots, you're going to have all these relationships at play. You're going to be having some mycorrhizal fungi extends hyphae outside of the roots some don't some are releasing spores on the roots some are releasing it all over and around the roots some are releasing it inside the roots area there's a lot of expression there so depending on what how you're getting your information i mean if you're literally sampling and it's a forceful digging motion you could be taking up directly next to rhizosphere you can be scooping things up of all sorts and if you're looking at compost, if you're doing EM compost, you're going to be seeing yeast in there as well. So it's it's really important to like have the con the context in mind when we're looking at these things. Um, fungi is going to look different in different contexts. So this is mycorrhizal uh, mycorrhizal fungi inoculating a root, and this is oyster mushrooms. And oyster mushroom fungi they release uh, a gas that kills, it paralyzes, um, roundworms so that they can then digest them. <laughs> so it well, doesn't, the gas doesn't kill them. It's a nerve gas that paralyzes them so they can digest them, which is pretty wild. But look again, look at the expression, the, the, the range of expression. We, we have to think about these things, um, in relation to this wide range of expression. This is also from regenerative soil microscopy, the new book. So each has its range. Um, and this is also from that book. As you can see, 
Um, when we talk about light microscopy and we talk about uh, the differences between things, their hyphae and their spores, there's a great deal of overlap. And so uh, letting things mature and go through their cycles, observing them through their cycles um, is revealing, obviously, as you can see from hyphae versus spores. And then also uh, being able to DNA test it, like we were talking earlier today with Mandy Quark and William Padilla Brown. Um, that's also incredibly important because as you can see, um, there's a lot of arbuscular mycorrhizal fungi, a lot of white rot, um, a lot of overlap between all of these species and actinobacteria as well, um, overlapping very strongly. So, so we have to keep these things in mind, especially because arbuscular mycorrhizal fungi is going to have hyaline or transparent, um, hyphae, just like actinobacteria. And, 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 and definitely some white rot. And it's also important to remember that um, these things are, fungi especially, is an external digester. So the environment itself will impart pigment to the actual hyphae itself and the spores, especially when you look at more desertified climates where things are more oxidized. And so things are more red and orange and, and it's more that that vein um, because it's, it's uh, more oxidized. I, I think that there's actually a relationship between humic and fulvic, and that's why there's a more um, uh, brown and one more, more yellow tract as well within these colorations. I hope that you guys are enjoying yourself. I'm revealing uh, things that I have not shared anywhere else. Um, this is stuff I've been working on uh, assiduously uh, for months. Uh, the, the, these charts, this way of visualizing it, I created um, because there was never a way to compare these things before. And I'm like, well, I need to be able to see the hyphae size and the spore size and, and the species all at once. Um, and so that's what I did. Uh, so this is this is something that's all me. Um, and this is something that, especially bacteria, the bacteria one is is wild. Uh, that's also uh, in the book and, and totally complete. Um, th this took a, a big part of the fall creating and doing their research around because, you know, people are just doing snapshots and they don't really care, like, because they're just shipping it in. I've called and talked to so many people who published some of these journals and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was my grad school thing or that was my PhD thing. I don't do anything like that now. Um, I, I'm a I'm a carpenter or I'm a construction worker or you know what I mean? And it's like, they don't, they're, they're not even using it because the schools didn't teach them pragmatically, like what to do with the information. They didn't connect it to anything that they were learning and they didn't go about it as a scientist. And so none of the learning stuck. It's, 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 it's sobering. That's why I really like to get to know the scientists quite often behind the studies. That's why James Francis White and I are friends. That's why Dr. Olivia Husson and I are friends. Because I need to know, I need to know the persons and uh, like an actual scientist. Uh, and then that's why we test so many things. Um, that's why I've gotten purified uh, samples of as much as I can of everything so that I can measure it myself. That's why I have those charts and grids you saw earlier. Yeah, I want this to be, mm, I want this to be more rigorous than their systems because their systems are not designed to be facilitative. Their systems are um, extractive, fearful, um, 
they, it's like they use the absolutism to cover up weakness. It feels like it's very weak what they're doing. It's it's it, in many ways it's pathetic what they're doing. Um, uh, there's so much. There's so much power in sharing and empowering people. Um, so so that's what we're gonna do. That's what that's what um, my friends like William Padilla Brown and David Augustiniak and Mandy Quark and Lonnie Ronnebaum are doing. Uh, that's what the sponsors are, are facilitating at this conference. I'm not the only conference that these sponsors, so many of these sponsors are, are, are funding. And because the, the, I'm shipping out all these boxes um, and they're helping me with the shipping. It's This is a community effort. And the people involved that care about the truth, that have real integrity, they're helping push it forward. Uh, and I think that many of you are here because you feel that. So thank you for being here. So what kind of microscopy is also another thing that people get caught up in uh, or, or even just completely overlook uh, because the reality is um, if you don't um, know that there's multiplicity of microscopy, you're going to have, again, that narrow view, that tale of two labs is going to be playing out over and over again. So in this image here, we've got a great variety of imaging different different magnifications different lightings um and uh, and 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 i don't even have the methods and tricks here this is all straightforward here in the images you see so and what do i mean by tricks let me just be let me just be forthright so like i'm doing things like as you go up in magnification the alignment of objectives and dark field lenses and everything gets wonky because it's so you're getting so close and light is having trouble doing things. So I literally loosen everything. You're like, Matt, this doesn't sound responsible. I loosen everything down below in the condenser area. And I am with two hands moving just keep in mind this works okay i am this is how i got that image top left with a dark field condenser because um to get it to hit the light so it was like basically hitting the bare fringes point for the lips that's the star we'll look closer at that soon the star lips of of that um bacterial feeder um uh, that that nematode right there that required me to tilt the 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 dark field condenser that was oiled to the bottom of that slide and i know you're like but that means it's under pressure from above with the 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 400x or it was it was it was the 40 um objective or the 60 objective um i i've, I've got to go back uh and just look at my notes but I had to tilt it. And there's no one doing this. I've never seen anyone do this. I, I spend so much time on here. I find myself doing things that I just feel. 
And I have a lot of these techniques where I do things to get images and get at things. Like I'm chasing it, this nematode around and chasing him through the dark field and then adjusting the, the lighting. And I'm, and then I'm like adjusting the distance between the, uh, the condenser like face and the bottom of the, the thing with the oil, only two drops of oil. I don't want it to be swimmy. And, um, and that's how I got that image. So that's what I mean by tricks. I do a lot of things. I, I, I mentioned this probably before. If you watch me talk about microscopy, I turn off all the lights. I never do microscopy with this thing on this bright light for, for talking to people on camera because it washes things out completely. Uh, like you can't see, I mean, you can see it here cause I've like blasted it. Um, but, but if I put on the epifluorescence, it'll wash right out and you won't be able to see a thing. And, and, and so it's really critically important that we incorporate all these little tricks and methods that I'm teaching in my book and in my courses uh, into the general uh, way of doing things so that people know, because I, I've never seen anyone do these things. So thank you. Thank you for being here, everyone. Um, thank you for being interested in this and hold on. I'll leave that in the middle. All right. Thank you for being interested in this. So, so what kind of microscopy bright field is what most people know about. That's this is what Elaine Ingham teaches. Um, that's that top one. And then that's that middle one, but you see that there's another way to look at things and look how, how clean it is to look at those fungal spores. And then you can see the saprophytic action pulling the phosphorus out of the environment around it, leaving a glow in its wake as it pumps that phosphorus around and forms um, phosphorus bearing crystals. And they're, they're really um, calcium rich. All the soluble calcium in the world, that's part of plants everywhere. We have um, fungi to thank for making that possible. But the top stuff is what everyone kind of knows. No one really knows about epifluorescence. Um, Elaine Ingham did theoretical work in this space in 1980 and 1981, but never got an epifluorescence microscope for herself because it was downright dangerous. It was mercury vapor lenses, and she didn't want that in her house. Can you blame her? But the LED revolution that has occurred has opened up new pathways for this. So I use LEDs. Watch, boom, it's on now, boom, it's on. Non-destructive. This is a breakthrough. Like I, 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 I see the behavior that is the arboriscular behavior, but I don't see the branching form that everyone sees because I'm non-destructive. If you do the destructive methods that they do all the different steps that they do to form the way they used to do it to get those pictures with the obuscular branching looking like a tree, it's destructive. And so is the obuscular shape more uh, like, I think the obuscular shape is a reduction of the expression down to like nubs of what's actually there. And so you, instead of this, what would look more natural, which is like threads just kind of going out and covering it, um, it, which is what mycelium running looks like and the macro to all of us in the forest. Um, 
instead it's this club-like tree and, and yes it is reaching but it's it's more narrow it's it's more uh well defined and i think it's because it's so destructive what they're doing is they're actually reducing the form of it into a, a, a less of a mycelial looking system or expression and more of a tree looking arbor um yeah so anyway my my point is though is that uh this is an incredible way to do it it's safe and it's non-destructive and because i come from a space where i want to know what's true i want to let nature demonstrate to me what's real and so i've been creating methods that are non-destructive uh i'll i won't put a slide on top of things i won't drown things in water we'll get more into that in a second here dark field i talked about this earlier this is where you actually oblate the 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 direct light and cause it to go around the edges and this is much more um realistic the colors that you see um are incredible the detail you can see is incredible um the colors i mean they're 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 they're, they're not blasted out by the light so it's not all washed out it, it it's really phenomenal you can see the striations of the wood this is an incompletely burned biochar chunk um you can see the wood striations here really well this is the dark field this is the lens it, you just have to buy the lens you can actually create little plastic discs that you could put on top of your condenser in some microscopes to create the same exact thing. Uh, and then this whole light field thing, um, why smash it, why drown it, why linear light? I'm giving away a big hint here about what I'm doing. Um, traditional bright field is the lights from below. Um, this light field technique, obviously there's light field microscopes I learned about after I initially named it this. I've got to come up with it a better name, um, but look at that roots are what everyone's looking at roots to the left in these light microscopy classes and stuff and i thought that was like silly i thought that was that was kind of like are you guys kidding like why wouldn't you do this and so no slide no water the raw root and then lighting it differently and look at it look at it it's absolutely stunning look at it here this is what roots actually look like. They're, they look like glass. And this makes sense. Plants are all like this. The leaves, the whole plant is like this and they can, they gather light. And so each cell is like a little greenhouse where they're gathering light and heat and energy. Um, these are plants and it's, a, it's like microscopy has reintroduced me to the world around me. Um, and, and it's, it's phenomenal. Now, epifluorescence, uh, this is mycorrhizae, which is fungus roots, a symbiotic relationship between mycorrhizal plants and fungi. And so um, the, we actually can see and then we can diagnose how fungally inoculated our roots are to, and we can see if a fungal inoculation that we did took, um, we, can, we can get down there and see how far it went in. Um, we, can, we can map these things. And they're very beautiful. So um, the the epifluorescence world is really fantastic. Um, there, there's a lot of rules and caveats that um, 
I'm have been able to map and showcase in the new book, Regenerative Soil Microscopy. These are all images from that. And uh, I've been able to show a lot of techniques that you couldn't do before the advent of our computers and PowerPoint and opacity, you know, uh, that have allowed us to like combine images uh, and and then 4K cameras, for instance, um, and 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 breakthroughs that people just you know have not been able to to see before. This this uh, this potworm is literally eating fungi. That's why its its hairs are grow are, are glowing. So um, trichomes, you know, we can see the life inside them, and they have nitrogen fixing bacteria and fungal communities. Um, this is them. This is uh, pumpkin root hairs, which are all root hairs. I mean, pff, all plant hairs, excuse me, not root hairs. All plant hairs are called trichomes. And you can see they just are filled with life. And um, epifluorescence allows us to see uh, things that we, we, we just can't see otherwise, like this live dead stain viability stain I came up with. And it's actually a very cheap alternative to what uh, what is currently being used. So speaking of stains, methylene blue, um, this shows us rhizophagy. You can see rhizophagy. You can make sure your plants are forming their root hairs properly. You can grid things out and you can measure things. You can you know get percentages very easily. You can get sizes very easily. You can identify you know your spores. You can identify so many different things very easily with grid counting root inoculation. There's even slides like uh, that have the grid etched into them, hemocytometer slides. Um, you can examine everything from the endophytes to the exudates, um, all of it. So um, there are some critical tests like I talked about earlier that we really need to think about. So DNA sequencing, not everyone's going to be able to do this, but at a community lab level, you absolutely can. Uh, what does this give you? Well, everything that I searched had Rhodosomonas palustris in it, even Johnson's Sioux compost, vermicompost, and Elaine Ingham's top students, um, Catalyst Biomemens compost. They all had streptomyces in them. They all had lactobacillus, um, all sorts of lactobacillus um, lab, you know. Um, and I compared new EM to old EM. I compared uh, both EMs to all compost types. EM is in all good compost. And well, I, I should caveat that the consortium that is utilized by Terragonics and EMRO that is called EM or effective microbes, the consortium is Rhodosodomonas palustris, Streptomyces, um, uh, this is cerveza yeast, beer yeast, um, and, and lactic acid bacteria. Um, th th these are the things that are in EM and we all have access to them. We're utilizing them in our day-to-day -day life. And they're in all the good compost. So this idea that, and this is because of DNA testing that I know this, this idea that EM is bad or facultative anaerobes are bad is um, is wrong. It's 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 completely wrong, and it's because they didn't test. Those people spreading that they didn't test, and if they tested, they'd realize that the soil and compost are dominated by facultative anaerobes. And it's because they um, aren't doing microscopy with DNA testing together to make those fundamental understandings happen. Um, NPK tests, 
people are using compost and then harming the fungi because the compost, some of the tested compost I have is super high in phosphorus that inhibits mycorrhizal fungi. And then some of them are super high in nitrates, which means you're going to have, you know, diseases and pests that attack your plants and have tons of vegetative growth and not really reproductive growth. So we want to be really, really smart about this. Um, pH also tells you so much. If you're above pH seven, you know that it's not a favorable environment for fungi. Um, all of these things you can find out in no seconds with like a Lamont home test kit from, it's not no time. It's you gotta, you gotta do some time and shake and wait, but not long. Um, Lamont has been proven to be reliable in comparison to the extension center and university test kits. Uh, there are testing that they do in the lab. So for a simple NPK test, you can do this at home. You can get the answers that you need and pH two, it doesn't have to be super uber precise uh, to get the information that you need or the warning that you need. Then the bionutrient meter, this is a next level um, machine. This is uh, a spectrometer basically uh, that we're calibrating as a collective group right now, much like we're calibrating a lot of the soil science at the deeper level. Um, what's the best compost per bioregion? What's the best ingredients from that bioregion for that bioregional compost? We're going to map that all out. And people are going to realize, oh, this ingredient is good for this crop. And it, it, it's going to be phenomenal because the things that are extracted from the landscape in the bioregion by those plants that's in those plant wastes, um, is going to go back into compost that then feeds another plant that needs that in a virtuous cycle. This is all how we're going to map this bionutrient meters on compost, bionutrient meters on plants, all of this. So um, these, the, some of these are, you know, obviously that's an easy test. This is a harder test, um, but uh, we need to do it. And we need to, at a community level, acquire these things if we can't individually get them. Uh, the the fungal bacterial microbiometer, you could be using that as a control with your microscopy work. Uh, and and I really believe that's it's that triangulation of methodologies that gives us the most accurate understanding. And often when I talk about all these things, people are a little overwhelmed. Um, and they and they ask, you know, what's the just one thing? Just give me one thing. What's the best thing to do? The best thing is to have an open mind so that you can learn because there's so much to learn that you, you have to take on a cyclical and holistic understanding. And that requires an open mind uh, that goes back to the beginning uh, where that, that dogma that's choking institutionalized, industrial, commercial, big pharma, big chem, big ag, all those things that's choking them is they have closed minds. And because they have closed minds, they're fearful because they have closed minds. They don't want to be transparent because they've got closed minds. They don't want to include the community. Double checking ourselves and testing our methods is absolutely critical uh, in this environment. And it also, again, builds trust. It builds humility in ourselves. Uh, and I believe that is a form of trust in ourselves. Um, it, it maybe seems like a little reverse, uh, but but it actually is. So we gain serious confidence when we have that level of humility. 
And the reality is, quite simply, is if we don't look, we can't know for sure. Can't have any idea what's true and what's not true. We a lot of people, you know, ten years ago were planting with hope. I remember when I first gardened. The first garden I did was amazing. The second year garden was terrible. And I was like, what did I do? I had no understanding. I wasn't looking. I was planting and gardening with hope and faith. And I love hope and faith. Believe me, we need those things actually to envision what's next. So hope and faith are are, are very human muscles. I cultivate mine and I focus every morning on mine. Um, and, and that's personal to you. Um, but if we don't test our faith, you know, you know, people say, you know, faith without action, faith without works is dead. If we don't test those hypotheses, those ideas, if we don't step into that future that we have hope and faith in, then it will die. So if we don't look, we can't know for sure. And, um, and, 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 and we, we have this opportunity that no one has ever had before us. The tools are cheaper than they've ever been. The community is more, more connected than it's ever been. And the information that we have access to has never been greater. And, uh, and everyone's excited as well. They've never been this, they've never been this excited for mycology, for microscopy, for soil science in the history of the world. So I want you to take a moment. <sighs> take a deep breath, shake it out a little bit. We traveled far together, okay? <laughs> so what if you became a citizen scientist? <clears throat> what if you actually got the skills, some of the equipment, or maybe banded together with other people and you now are, can you see yourself there? Can you see yourself doing the experiments out in the field, in the wild, foraging, or in the field, a literal field with food growing, uh, or in a working with compost, um, or something that's personal to you that you're like, well, man, I'm using this microscopy thing in my niche. And you don't even know about it yet. That's awesome too. I'm excited for it. I want to know. Um, but making space for that, always making space for that, that unknown, that hope and potential so critical to everything I do. So I, I don't want anyone to think that <laughs> saying anything else, right? So what if you became a citizen scientist? What if you joined William Padilla Brown and me, Mandy Quark and I? What if you joined us but made your own path? Because each of us is making our own path. And we're kind of like reporting back to each other like, hey, this is what I found. On, and they're over there and they're like doing it. That if you caught the live panel today, there was a lot of that. And it's... It, it, we don't always get together. Uh, I was like giving William updates from the last time we were able to really sit down and, and exchange ideas. Um, usually it takes hours and hours and hours of time spent together to exchange a lot of these ideas that we have. Uh, so I, I just want to say like, I have, um, I, I have so much love for these people that have joined us in, in this conference. Um, they're not just people that inspire me. They're people that like, make the world go around for me. <laughs> and they're all these, these amazing individuals. They're, they're, they're doing incredible things in the world. They're wonderful people, big hearts. Uh, and they really care about what's important. 
And so um, if you feel like all this resonates with you in this community, get the training to join us. Join us. Be part of this community at the cutting edge. The, the learning curve um, will all help you up no matter where you are in it. Um, that's what we're all about uh, because we need to think um, and act independently, but in community and in communication and the feedback with the community, because what you see is unique. What you have to add is so important. I, with every fiber of my being, I want to communicate to you who is listening right now that you have something that is unique and so vitally important to add to the community. And I know it. I know it. I've seen it happen because I form these lifetime communities and I see these, I see these amazing, incredible people come out of the community. And some of them literally have learned from me and then gone further and further. And this is what happens when we, when we get out of the way, when we have that humility and let nature be the teacher, we let the reality be the teacher and we keep those open minds and they can just take off as learners. They can be taking all that prior learning it and just smashing it together and having an explosion. So you are important. Your contribution, oh man, it, it can't be de-emphasized. It is so important. So please remember that you are needed. So take control, see for yourself, join a community. And, and, and yeah, take control back from the people trying to control the narrative. Start forming your own understanding. Start making sense of the world around you. This is what testing does. You begin to go, oh, wait, what's going on here? What's the cycle at work here? This is why my books and my courses always go down to the principles at work that are incontrovertible and the cycles at work that are constantly moving and in flux. Because that's where truth, that's where truth is. And everything we do, testing wise, is a snapshot of that moving reality. So join a community and start to change your world. Because I've seen it, I've seen it again and again and again for almost a decade now as a permaculture teacher, but I've seen it as a as a full-time public school teacher, as a before that as a private school teacher. I've seen it for, I've been teaching for 20 years. Whoa, okay. Um, I never put a number to that until this moment. Yeah, so I've seen this, I know it. When you invest in yourself, when you start taking responsibility, control, and making sense of the world around you yourself, you change and the world around you changes. And when you do that, everyone around you changes. They see the difference in you. They ask questions. They get ignited. There's a there's an energy that begins to spread underneath the surface that's hard to describe. That's this incredible energy that I feel every time I'm even through the Zoom with with people like Nandy and William and David and Lonnie. Oh my gosh, I love Lonnie. Um, these people make me light up. And you do too with your questions and participation in these live panels and Q and A's. You change the world around you with your curiosity, with your enthusiasm. So let's go again. 
what if? Let's take that moment, clear our minds, open up ourselves. What if you began to expand your microscopy repertoire? What would you see? Who would you be able to help? You'd be able to see and understand the soil around you, the environment, the water, even the air. We're talking about taking air filter. I, I'm, I'm actually filtering the air and, and looking at what's in the air. The next step is to DNA test it. So th this repertoire could be you're already doing microscopy. This repertoire could be you're doing testing and you're going to add in microscopy. You might be starting at the beginning with microscopy. And that's all beautiful. I'm here to tell you that I, I tried to start with microscopy with what I saw in the world that people were doing. And I tried for three years that way. And it was all non-starters. And I had to create my own way of doing it. I had to find um, better microscopes and a way of visualizing it that, that didn't use these things. I don't, I don't use these things ever. There's nothing here. There's no lenses here. I don't do that. And, and I had to make it my own in order for it to, to really expand for me. And so uh, there, there are ways, there are pathways. If you try it and feel like it's too hard, if you feel intimidated by it, there are ways to make it easy and easier. So Another thing I want you to think about is where are you going to store all that data? How are you going to analyze all that data? You know, that's what the RSL database is all about. Let's say you're just getting the regular tests. You know, you get the sheet of paper from, from the local extension center. Um, th that actually can go in here too. And because there's correlative information that we're going to develop over time, you're going to have like potential this, potential that if there's dangers that we're going to make automatic. So if you've got... Uh, in your local soil environment, potential heavy metals or something in the bioregion that we're that people are reporting on, and you've got similar pHs and clay and sand and silt ratios. Um, I want it to be able to like flag that as a as a as a possibility, so that everyone who's in those zones goes, "Hey, honey, you know, I think we should test for lead because this is saying that." Um, lead pop like high levels of lead are common in a lot of the soils in our bioregion that kind of service would mean so much to me i want we don't have that now we need that and that would help people have have not just their own lives improved generationally improving the quality of life for children, for futures on into the, yeah, I, it's, it, I get emotional just thinking about it. And you know what, you know why I get emotional? Because it's, it, this isn't about me. This is opening up all these possibilities. You're like, I want to do our water database. Yes, please, sir or madam, whoever you are feeling that right now, feeling those chills. Yes. And maybe it's Sandra who already works with water in Canada. Maybe you're here, Sandra, and you're feeling it. Maybe like I know we experts in this field who could start the ball rolling in this. We have to feel this go out and touch the hearts of everyone and the minds of everyone around us because these systems of empowerment, liberation, transparency, and change are in your hands, in your minds, and they're distributed out within the community. 
not no one individual person can get that football and run with it. We're not playing football. <laughs> it's nothing like that. There, the the only way we win is is communicating, making life more more beautiful and wonderful for the people around us. Whoo, whoo, yes, yes. That's what it's all about, and it feels so good to be here in this time, to be in this conference, to be part of this with all of you. What if? Let's do it one more time. <laughs> what if? Open ourselves. Open ourselves further. Ah, oh, you got the training you needed. Maybe it's DNA testing. Maybe it is microscopy. Maybe you're here because of microscopy. Maybe you're here just because you want inspiration. And you want to feel that there's this cutting edge asking you to step up, to open the possibility and potential. And you've got it. You have got it. It is there waiting for you. You can do this. The, everyone wants you to do it. Everyone wants you to succeed. That's why, you know, when I started, I got the DNA sequencer. I was nervous about it. And William Padilla Brown flew in. He flew in with a film crew and filmed two days, like taking care of me, helping me understand, dial it in, fixing my lab up, interviewing me, making me feel special. And, and oh man, that's the community we live in. That's the world we live in. That's our future. Regenerative soil microscopy is, is a program I'm creating to participate in this, to bring that training to the world. This is a program I'm building right now. This is a book I'm writing right now. It's a Kickstarter that happened in August, and I have not opened this for anyone to sign up for since then publicly. So there's been no sign up page. There's been, I've just been working this whole time and I've wanted to wait until I was closer to being ready. And you know what? That time is now. The time is approaching. All the pieces are coming together. I'm, I'm doing DNA sequencing on, on to check my work at, with the protocols so that we have greater context. I'm doing a large spread so I have the breadth so that we can map the ranges of the rubrics properly. I'm going through the best compost, best soils, natural soils, garden soils, farm soils. And then I'm gonna ask everyone from the community to start sending me bad soil <laughs> so that we can get those full rubrics and, uh, mapped and those ranges mapped and those caveats mapped. Um, and then seen through all these different lenses so that you can participate and understand these things to the fullest. All, all these methods are, are methods that I, I'm well-versed in. Um, and I learned quite rapidly. I, every time I talk to Dr. James F. White, um, he points out, he's like, you're just tearing it up with a microscope. I can't believe you learned this so fast. And and that's the thing. I, I can teach it that fast too. So So get ready, everyone. If you want to learn fast, if you've already been through a microscopy program, um, you're going to want to check this out because uh, even if you've been through a Dr. Elaine Ingham's program, that's going to be all bright field. This is dark field. This is epifluorescence. I'm working on polarized um, microscopy and I'm working on uh, creating systems to open up epifluorescence to everyone. So 
there's so much in the pipeline coming down to us and and this conference discount is exclusive so i'm gonna grab um some links really quick here and put them into the chat um no one has this um anywhere else so um this is these are going to be exclusive links so please um you can you can share you know our future with people but 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 be aware that these are very special links i'm going to send you these three links right now these are the pre-order for the book regenerative soil microscopy is on top many of you participated in the kickstarter many of you have pre-ordered that but if you haven't already you can do that now but the introduction to regenerative soil microscopy and regenerative soil microscopy the in-depth online 20-week course with the book included these are exclusive offers this hasn't been offered since the kickstarter in august and this is a pricing that is exclusive to the conference and it's going to go up so make sure if you're interested in this to check those out there in the chat if you don't know the chat click down below and click on the chat and if this is a replay look down in the description inside our future and if this by chance is on youtube you need to join our future and hop in there and then and then you'll be able to get these links so i haven't offered these anywhere else but we are getting closer I've, I, like I said, I'm in the midst of of, of mapping um, all these final things and getting better and better pictures uh, as I'm going through your samples that you've sent in and keep sending them in and I'll continue sharing on social media opportunities to to send in samples. I, I'm getting better and better pictures. So, so I'm continuously adding and improving the book. So if you already contributed to the Kickstarter, be excited. It's It's even more incredible every single day. And I've got e people emailing me about this all the time. They want in, they want, they want access early. This is the time period. This is the time to do it. I want to give you the skills to evaluate your world at a new depth with a new understanding so that that it can only come from using these professional tools, but combining the different methodologies. It can't come from just Brightfield. It has to come from a variety of microscopy methods. It has to come from those microscopy methods being paired with like the MPK testing, the pH testing, the CAC, the salinity, the um, the bionutrient, the, the bricks. Uh, all of those together give us a completely different picture. And I'm going to be mapping out all the protocols for all of them in the the, the trilogy that I'm working on. So if and and if you haven't heard about the trilogy, um, uh, I can show you that right now. Um, but if it, it, I would check out those links, they're in the chat right now. I'm going to show you a little bit more here right now, what I'm talking about. Um, so click the link right now. And if you haven't taken my soil course, it's the first part of the whole trilogy. So if you're interested in microscopy, um, check out regenerative soil. Uh, to start our things off so that you can have the interpretation skills needed for understanding contextually what these things all mean. So uh, more more of all the, the good stuff, the, the soil biology, the organic matter, the carbon, the, the minerals, um, and, and you get to leave behind all the, the poison, the toxins, you get to hold way more water, you get higher yields and less time, you're going to save money, you're going to make more money. It's it's win, 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 win. And I have people doubling their yields in their first season applying this information at a university level. So 
This is an incredible. There's a 20 week course, it's lifetime access. We have weekly videos um, when we do run the 20 week course, but it's all open. So you could literally start now and go through the whole thing. And then we've got these 20 week cycles that I do twice a year where I run through the every, everything with everyone, just taking it week by week and doing a Q&A. And regardless of how many times you've taken it, you can join us in that Q&A. And I kind of want you to, because the questions that you ask become more and more in depth and it enriches the community as a whole. And isn't that the idea in the first place, right? Let's make it better. Uh, yeah, so I'm just, it's a lot of fun. The ebook, the audiobook are included. There's uh, the, the, there's options to get the physical book. There's case studies, guest teachers of all sort. It's easy, affordable. There's payment plans. It's a fraction of a cost of all the other programs out there. Uh, and you'll find a lot of familiar faces in there because I've taken all the programs available. I've read all the books and I bought all the crazy expensive books that are $500 per book. I bought them. Um, that's what that Kickstarter allowed me to do uh, is create an incredible uh, PhD level um, and graduate level library at my home. And, 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 and it's allowed me to connect all of these different people, all these different practices, whether you're a Korean natural farming guy or gal, or you're either into biochar and EM, or you're just traditional organic, I've got you covered. We went down to the biochemistry and found the communication between all these things. The microbes are, are incredible chemists. Um, and uh, you might've already known that from earlier in the fungal conversations that we had, but all this is distilled from thousands and thousands of studies, hundreds of books, dozens of experts and peer reviewers in regenerative soil, in regenerative soil microscopy. That's how I do things. The benefits are absolutely incredible. We can heal the soil. We can purify the land. We can have incredible plants at the same time. And it works. Actual scientists and farmers are all adopting this and making money uh, because it's so effective in the market, in the real world. So visit regenerativesoilscience.com and you can start at any time. Um, but this special offer for the microscopy is for a limited time only. So if, if you're into the microscopy, you want to save some money, hop in now with the early bird conference exclusive. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And remember, if you've taken Elaine Ingham's Soil Food Web courses, I, I think about half or more of my students, hundreds of students um, that have graduated from our programs and current students of hers are in my programs, refining, extending, and connecting their knowledge that they get there to the greater holistic picture. So whether you're wanting to understand the cycles of minerals, whether you're wanting to understand how um, the, the micro to macro works with all these, these uh, IMO preps and all these, these uh, the compost teas and the, the fungal compost and all the details and the, the how, the why, the who, uh, all of that. We go down to the microbes, we go down to the ions and the enzymes. So if you would like to get down there with me and check all this out and connect it all to, to your macro understanding, to the hands-on pragmatic, because that's what I do. Because otherwise it's not worth anything. It was all esoteric and theoretical and everything. It would never benefit people. They'd never actually be able to double their yields. And it wouldn't be um, spreading like wildfire everywhere like it is. So um, that this is what this is this is it's my pleasure to share this. This is this is one of the most exciting things that I get to share. So 
check out those links. I'm going to share them again. I'm going to stop the screen share here. I'm going to share those again. Here are those links. Please check those out right now. I'm going to sign off be, uh, for just five minutes to take a break. I'm going to get some water, stretch my legs and come back for the Q&A. Take the time now to click on those links, check out those offers and consider all the amazing things you can learn. Think about all the things we just talked about, all the what ifs, all the potentials, all the growth, all the incredible insights and methodologies and images. And think about that. Check those out. And I will see you all in a minute. Click that link and then we'll begin the Q&A. Thank you everyone for being here. I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, live regeneratively. And I'll see you in just another moment. I won't be gone long. Are you tired of the news? Feeling overwhelmed, distracted, drained, anxious about the future? Well, what about today? Because our future starts with the day, with the actions we take and the choices that we make today in our communities and our own personal lives. Join us this January 19th for Our Future 2023. Let's flip the script and unleash our best selves together. Over 30 different speakers from all over the world sharing inspiration, hope, and pragmatic how-to around mushroom growing, gardening, herbalism, farming, microscopy, and everything in between. Join us and step out of the matrix and into a future that's in your hands. I'm Matt Powers. Grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. And click that link below. It's free to sign up. You'll be able to watch all the talks. You'll be able to join us for all the lives. There's giveaways every day. You don't want to miss it.